You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, And on today's show, also joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. All right, guys, well, welcome into Friday's show. A special thank you to everyone who is checking us out for the first time. And another thank you to all of our loyal listeners for checking us out again, getting to talk about a game today that we hope the Chargers better be able to pull off. But I think we're feeling a lot more confident about them going into this game than some of the other games of them going up against some much better teams. So today we are going to be getting into our keys for success. We'll start in the first segment with the offensive side of the ball, try to get to some special teams there as well, because obviously we found out how important that is. And then we'll wrap up the show in the last segment by getting into our keys for success for the Chargers defense and also getting into our bold and game predictions. But we have to start with the news, and the news today is that Joey Bosa kind of called the defense out a little bit and definitely stepped up as a leader in his first press conference back from his con- since he got back from his concussion. So I want to start there, and we'll talk about a couple other names on the injury report as well, but let's go ahead and get into it. On Thursday, Los Angeles Chargers star defensive end Joey Bosa had some strong comments about the Chargers' performances on defense. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. Joey Bosa was cleared of concussion protocols this week after missing the last two games. And in his first press conference back, he was talking about, first of all, his concussion and how scary that was. But the other thing he was talking about is what he expects from the Chargers defense. And he also said a lot of it has to do with him as well. But one thing he said was, if you want to be a great team, you got to call it out and you got to tell it how it is. And I've always said it starts with me. And that's one thing that you want from your leaders is to kind of take some responsibility. But David, I do think he called out some things that the Chargers defense definitely needs to get better at. He definitely did. And one thing that's always been appreciated about Joey Bosa is how very candid that he is with his comments. He's always very upfront and honest, and he tends to share quite a bit. So Joey Bosa said about those missed opportunities, I'm not asking you to do a cartwheel and then a backflip and then pick it off between your legs with one arm and then moonwalk into the end zone. If the ball is thrown at you, you got to make plays. And he didn't point fingers so much, but he did inadvertently call some guys out there was a couple of really easy interceptions that were possible in that Miami game where where footballs went right through defenders hands and I'm sure that was something that was very frustrating and it's something that we've seen all year long I mean the Chargers are just a few plays away Joey Bosa said if they change things on two or three plays they're looking at a very different season and he also talked about his experience with his concussion and uh, it was uh, quite a frightening one. Uh, Joey Bosa said he doesn't remember anything from the play where he suffered his concussion, said he was told that he got kneed in the head, but the only thing that he remembers is arriving at the facility on the team bus. He talked about how 
it's very scary and how it affected his mood, how he didn't want to be upset, but he couldn't control himself. And, you know, he talked about how it's very scary for the long-term effects and that he wanted to make sure that he got uh, up to the, the score that the independent neurologist wanted to see them, him at and also feel comfortable uh, going forward. He also said this is a, a wake-up call to remain vigilant out there to try to protect himself and to play as safely as he can while while still going out there and doing his job. A very bad concussion for Joey Bosa, Daniel, something that hopefully we don't see going forward. Yeah, and I thought it was very interesting just because you don't hear NFL players usually be this open about something as scary as head injuries and what it is going to do to them down the road. And he said it's scary to think about the long term and it definitely affects your mood in the short term. A little depressed for a couple of days thinking about it and the way it affects your brain. And I think that's just some honesty from Joey Bosa. And I do think he is doing right by himself by making sure he waits until he is cleared of all of those symptoms and getting all of those high test scores before he puts his brain in jeopardy again back on the field. And it seems like he's done that. And he also said it feels like his body has responded very well to the couple of weeks off too when he was trying to find something positive about it. But speaking of injuries, we do have the Thursday injury report for the Chargers and the Jets, which is usually the biggest determining factor on who is going to play during the weekend. So David, when you're looking over this week's injury report, what stands out to you? Yeah, so looking at the Charger side of the injury report, the first thing that kind of stands out to me is two guys, two very important guys on offense and on defense, Brian Bulaga, the right tackle, and Casey Hayward, the starting corner, both went from a full participant on Wednesday to a limited participant on Thursday, and that's always something that gives you a little bit of pause whenever your status changes and it gets worse throughout the week. Now, one thing to consider is both these guys are veterans, and this could be just giving them a little bit of veteran rest to try to get those injuries as healthy as they can and get them ready to go to play on Sunday. And then another name that stuck out to me was Tyrod Taylor back on the injury report and not practicing at all because of the rib injury. After being the primary backup last week in Miami, this is definitely something that's very concerning that he still might be dealing with some residual effects from that rib injury that he suffered earlier this year. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to more information on that. And then switching things over to the Jets side of things, their starting nickel corner, Brian Poole, was placed on IR, and he had season-ending surgery, and he's going to be gone. Their other corner, Austin Bless, also has not practiced all week with a neck injury, and they also released Pierre Desir, so they could be without three of their starting corners come Sunday against the Chargers, Daniel. And it's not as if the Jets' defense was great with those guys in the lineup already, so they're definitely hurting over there, and the Chargers will have to try to take advantage of it, bouncing back from one of their worst performances of the seasons with against the Dolphins. And, and we also know that the Jets will be starting Joe Flacco this week. It was already reported earlier in the week that Sam Darnold will not play. So the Chargers will go up against Joe Flacco, who put up a pretty good fight against the New England Patriots a couple of weeks ago, and he will be going up against the Chargers trying to get the Jets their first win of the season. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into our keys for success. So we're talking about getting some of those big plays back that we missed last week talk about protecting Justin Herbert and a lot more coming up after this but first this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season I'm very excited to hopefully see the Chargers just get right in this game and blow out the Jets and give everybody a Sunday off from being stressed out but Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power you through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it. 
Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, well, it's time to get into our keys for success for this game. And I think there's a lot to get into here. I think there's a lot I want to see from the Chargers coming off of that game against the Miami Dolphins. And the first thing, John, I want to talk about is just, I know you probably want to talk about the game planning as well and the play calling, but the Chargers get a second chance to go up against another blitz-heavy team in this one. And I just want to see them have a much better plan than they had last week against the Dolphins. Obviously, Keenan Allen is saying they're going out there confused. But the Jets do a blitz a lot so far this season. Greg Williams' unit has the eighth most blitz-heavy defense on quarterback dropbacks so far this season. We saw last week the Chargers didn't really handle the blitz well. So whether it's getting screen passes out, whether it's finding ways to get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hand and having good hot read options or just even keeping good down and distances, I think the Chargers need a much better plan to go up against this pressure against the Jets. Yes, you do need a way better plan than what you had against the Dolphins when it comes to a team that blitzes a lot. You can't do something as simple as drop back and throw a seven-yard pass when your guys are covered every single time. you got to find a way to get like routes going in different directions that get guys confused on defense. Even if it's a crossing route or even if you're doing things with slants that are getting guys going in different directions, you got to do something that's making the defense have to cross ways basically cross each other's paths and think one guy's their guy and the other guy's not their guy in with the Jets defense even though they blitz a lot their pass defense is still ranked way at the bottom yeah of the league so and is their pressure you you can't really call it a strength but their run defense is kind of their strength I mean they're middle of the pack in the league which is all their other stats that are going on like even their offensive stats between rushing and passing ranking is bottom of the league, but their run defense is middle of the pack. So that's going to be maybe where you have to beat this blitz is you have to go after their strength and get them out of it. And you're going to have Kalen Balazs this week as your starter, and he's been lowering the shoulder and falling forward. So if you could somehow establish the run early, you could probably take away their strength, and I think that would help a lot with the blitz. And we saw the Chargers try to run a lot last week and to really offset the blitz. And obviously, because those were the safer plays to do at the time, but it really wasn't effective for them. So I do think the Chargers will have to be successful in the running game. But if you're not getting the chunk plays, and you don't just keep doing it, I mean, just to do it. I mean, last week, they were running the ball in the first half a lot, even though on those runs, they only got 2.3 yards per carry and a 13% success rate, according to Warren Sharp. According to Warren Sharp, even though they had great looks on first downs to pass the ball. So even though I do want the Chargers to run the ball effectively, I do want them to get back to throwing the ball on earlier downs, keeping the ball in Justin Herbert's hands and letting him get some more beneficiary looks more beneficial looks from the defense. If you can throw on early downs when the defense has their base package out there and you can get into some good situations there, I do think it will open things up in the running game. But last week, David, we just saw the Chargers continuing to pound the ball on first down and a lot of second downs as well. And it did work on a couple of drives. They did get a couple of touchdown drives where they ran most of the time. But at the same time, they weren't really putting Justin Herbert in good situations to throw the ball because when he was, it was usually when they were behind and down in distances. And when he did have the ball in his hands, they're averaging over eight yards per play. So I do want to see the Chargers get back to what they did against a really bad team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that is throwing on early downs to help to hopefully 
soften up this Jets defense, which isn't very good, but I do think you can get some chunk plays, especially if you attack it on early downs. Yeah, I feel like you're reading my notes because that's literally my first key to success is throw the ball on first down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, you got to go with what works. I mean, obviously they're having more success throwing the football early, and also it gets you in better down in distances too. I mean, and then you can set things up and execute plays going forward. So moving on to my next thing is go back to your identity, which is taking shots. I mean, in the last game, the longest completion that the, the Chargers got against the Dolphins was 28 yards to Mike Williams. And many of their other games where they have had much higher offensive outputs, they've had 50, 60, 70 yard completions where it's been a big part of their offense. Stop allowing the defense to dictate to you what you're going to do. And you need to go back to dictating your game plan and imposing your will on the defense, which includes for this Chargers offense, throwing the ball deep. Yeah, I would love to see the Chargers get back to finding some big plays, even hopefully in the running game they can find some chunk yardage as well. But it seems like the last few weeks, the big plays have just been, you know, just out of the fingertips. They've been Justin Herbert getting hit right as he's about to release the ball. And then the ball ends up a couple of yards short. It does seem like they're going to, it does seem like they've just been missing on those plays. And I would definitely like to see those guys get back involved this week and, and find some big plays to Mike Williams, find some big plays to Keenan now and get the catch and run situations that you want to get with the offense and get the ball in your playmaker's hands. And for me, John, another thing is, is with not forcing the run like that, if you can get the ball in the hands of your running back in the passing game, even on first down, you can get an easy six yards instead of, you know, running up the middle for a tough four yard run. So I think there are other ways they can combat this defense, get themselves in favorable situations. And I think it's throwing to the running backs if you have to on first down to try to get some easy yardage. And also finding that Hunter Henry play we've been seeing earlier on in the season where, I mean, it seemed like you could get eight yards at any time. And I think that even helps set up the big play because now if you're in second and one, you could run the ball or you could take a shot. So I think just getting those easy yards of the Jets defense is going to give you instead of just trying to cram the ball down their throat, which, I mean, we talked with John Butchko yesterday, and he said that that's the thing that the Jets are least bad at, and that's their run defense like you were talking about. But I think getting the ball in the running back's hands in space and also getting that nice little easy pass to Hunter Henry should set up some very favorable situations. And please use Joe Reed in those situations too, Daniel, just real quick. And John, I mean, we saw it used to good effectiveness on like one play he had one eight yard carry and then you didn't really see it ever again please give him the ball more in space well I've always wondered why we never actually do plays more like that when Anthony Lynn wants to establish the run game if you throw a quick pass to the running backs it's like as if you ran the ball but you got the running back out in space quicker you know what I mean like it's not throwing the ball down the field to the running back it's a dump off pass and Herbert seems to do really well with them. I mean, he was doing it in a two minute drill constantly and mm-hmm. he was doing it against the Dolphins constantly and they were all working. So why not on first down, try to do a play where if everyone's covered down the field, it's a dump off to the running back and it's like you ran the ball, but you kind of put the running back outside the tackles already. And there's a way to get the the Jets defense going sideline to sideline and getting them worn out. They're obviously going to be trying to, play 100% at their hardest to try to get that first win so wear them out wear them out going sideline to sideline with the running backs I like that plan and I agree with getting Hunter Henry into that into those intermediate middle of the field routes that have worked so many times 
But the real the real route that needs to happen, the real route has got to be the Mike Williams play, not the jump ball, but that one where Mike Williams is running deep and you throw the ball short on purpose and it's that back shoulder catch. Right. You you got to go after that play. We got, we didn't see that the whole entire game against the Dolphins until the fourth quarter. And that was that twenty eight yard catch. Before that, Herbert throws it well too. Exactly, and it works really well because most teams that are covering really well are stride for stride, staring you in your eyes. Right. But they're not going to see that kind of play coming, and it works every time with when Herbert throws it. Almost, I've seen it maybe one incompletion on that type of play to Mike Williams this year. You got to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's had a couple to Keenan Allen as well. And the hardest pass to defend in the NFL is a back shoulder throw because you're trying more than anything not to get beat over the top and you're not going to do an exaggerated, you know, comeback route or something like that. The ball is just there almost seemingly in the middle of your route. And Justin Herbert has thrown that ball exceptionally well. I don't think he's had any turnovers on that kind of throw so far this week either. But I do think, you know, just letting Justin Herbert cook letting him go out there and completely trusting him to run this offense is going to be another key. But David, we have to talk about the special teams in this one too, because we don't necessarily have a full segment for that. But I mean, we have to talk about the special teams because if the chargers were to lose this game, it would take a lot of crazy things to happen. You know, a block punt, a missed field goal, all of those things. I mean, even when you look back when the chargers ended up losing to the Browns, it's always things like missed field goals or plays on special teams that usually end up benefiting that winless team. So this week, no muff punts, no block punts, no missed kicks, no big returns. I mean, the special teams, we've seen how important it is the last two weeks. You cannot take that into this game against the Jets. You absolutely can. I mean, you look at the Miami Dolphins and what they did on punt returns. They put them in great field positions on pretty much every drive that they had in those games. And whenever you're going up against teams like this that are extremely desperate and they're looking for that first win, they're trying to do everything they can to get you off your game. And they're looking to win in one of those phases. And that could be special teams. And we've seen big plays on special teams hinder the Chargers all season long, along with a litany of other things. But Yes, the special teams has been horrible for the Chargers, and they need to clean things up. I mean, like Joey Bosa said in the press conference, people need to do their job. I mean, uh, block for your punter, okay? I mean, right. block on you know, make sure your gunners are running down and and you know they're, they're providing good coverage. I mean, just do your job on special teams. Don't allow any outbreaks. Don't allow any penalties. Don't do any stupid plays. Yeah. Just make sure you sure up that part of. Of football, I mean, we all know they have talent on offense and defense. They just need to be okay. They just need to do their job on special teams, and then that will be an improvement. And that would be enough. I mean, if the Chargers just had pretty good special teams so far this season, I mean, they maybe have two or three more wins so far this season. So I just don't think it can be understated at this point how important it is. You've given up pretty much directly 17 points over the last two games only because of – oh. Only because of special teams, and that's not even talking about all the times you've, you know, let the other team start on your own 35-yard line because of a good punt return. So, I think it's so important for the Chargers, and I think if you're going to lose a game against a team like the Jets, something like that goes wrong. You can't let it happen in this one. But we still we still have to flip it over to the other side of the ball and get talking about this defense going up against Joe Flacco and them boys. There's a lot I want to see from the Chargers defense in this one. I'm not going to necessarily say it's a get-right game for them, but a lot to discuss on that side of the ball, With followed by our game and bold predictions coming up right after this. All right, well, it's time to get into our keys for success 
for the Chargers defense. I mean, there's so many things because it's been so many different things. Every different week, it's something new for the Chargers defense. But I think, David, with Joey Bosa coming back, I know this is something I'm sure you have written down over there as well. The Chargers need to get pressure in this game, and this has to be a game where they can kind of break out and not just get two sacks, not get, you know, two sacks and 10 pressures. I mean, it has to be like a four or five sack game, in my opinion, especially going up against Joe Flacco, a guy that can't really move around all that well. You're not going to have the guy that's going to escape the pocket and hurt you like that and, you know, the way some of these more dynamic quarterbacks can. So you have Joey Bosa back. The Jets have allowed 26 sacks already this season. Do whatever you have to do. The Chargers are still last in the league, blitzing only 15% of the time. The 31st team in the NFL is at 19%, just to show you the difference. The Jets, like we talked about in the last segment, are up in the 30s, 33% as far as their blitzing. But it has to get better in this one, David. You have Melvin Ingram. You have Uchenna Nwosu. You have Jerry Tillery, who's been performing on the, outs- on the outside. And now you have Joey Bosa back as well. There's no excuse in this game for the Chargers not to be all over Joe Flacco. Yeah, I want to see a Nathan Peter Nathan Peterman Bills game, okay, where they pick him <laughs> off five times and sack him like fifteen times in the first. Sounds half. like a bold prediction. I mean, in the that that is what I want to see against this one. And yes, Daniel, one of my keys is unleash the big bear. I mean, the Chargers desperately need him. They've missed him. They have not gotten very much pressure on the quarterback at all, save for a couple of good rushes by Jerry Tillery. But they have desperately missed him, and it is night and day when he is out there and when he is not. I mean, they just cannot get after the quarterback consistently without him without him out there. So with him returning, unleash the Big Bear, send him after the quarterback, get creative again, put Melvin Ingram and him on the same side, even throwing Chen and Uoso over there, provide the NASCAR package with him, get him as many one-on-ones as you possibly can, unleash him, and let him terrorize Joe Flacco. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you have to be able to get in his face because as we've seen with the Chargers defense, it doesn't work unless you're getting pressure. And what it leads to a lot of times is a lot of big plays, but the Chargers, some of that is just on their defensive backs and not just the pass rush. And that's another key for success I have for the Chargers defense is fixing the communication on the back end and not giving up big plays. And I think the Jets in this one, John, we've talked about it. They're a desperate team. Anthony Lynn said it's the you know team he's most afraid of for the rest of the season, which is just stupid. But I understand the sentiment of what he's trying to get to. They don't have anything to lose. Those jobs probably have already been lost, so they might as well get aggressive. They might as well try to go deep if they can and try to create pass interferences, try to target Casey Hayward deep on that. So on deep plays, which is something we've seen other teams do a lot. So I think for the Chargers, getting that communication on the back end, also making tackles in the open field, these are just a couple of the things I think they really have to dial in this week to make sure they're not giving up any big plays. Because against a bad team like this, sometimes it only takes one big play to really get them going, and then the momentum, as we've seen from the Chargers, can be totally taken away. If you're the Chargers, your weakness this year has been the run game and tackling. You're going right. up against Frank Gore, powerful back, and the Michael P. Ryan, elusive back. Have they been productive this year? No, not really. But when the char- you go up against the Chargers, guess what? People have some games of the season on their stat list when you go up against the Chargers. So if you're the Chargers, you got to start fixing your weakness here. If the Jets are able to run on you, it is going to be a long day. If you get rid of the run game, if you actually are making your tackles, 
everything else will fall in your favor. If Joe Flacco might be able to throw for over 300 yards in this game if you're able to establish the run against the Chargers. Everything's going to be on the run game. You can't, you can't convince me otherwise. And with tackling, if the Jets complete a quick pass, make the tackle. Against the Dolphins, you were letting guys bounce around. You let Malcolm Perry bounce around for a six-yard game, which could have been a five-yard loss. He made everybody miss. You made multiple guys get extra yards in that Dolphins game just by breaking tackles. You have to tackle in this game. Do not let the Jets get confidence because they're somehow able to break one or two tackles on a three-yard pass that turns into a 15-yard gain. Things like that are going to give them confidence and make them feel like they have a chance. And if you keep them in the game, they will feel like they're better than what they really are. And what you're talking about there in the running game, I mean, look at back to the game against the Las Vegas Raiders. What did the Raiders do? In the first half, they ended up just running the ball down your throat for two touchdowns. And then what did they do in the second half? When you were selling out to stop the run, they went two plays over the top. One, a 45-yard touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. The other, a 53-yard run catch by Hunter Renfro. So if you just allow them to run and kind of just churn the ball and just keep on getting four yards at a time and getting easy first downs and wearing down your defense, it's not only going to tire your defense out. It's not only going to kind of break their will probably to some extent because there's no worse feeling than that. It's also going to set up opportunities on the back end because you're going to try to adjust to stop the run and then you're going to open up things on the back end. But And we I saw did. Joe Flacco take some of those shots against the New England Patriots on Sunday too. I mean, they t- took several of them and was successful on several of them. So it is one thing that Joe Flacco has done pretty well throughout his career is throw the deep ball. So I'm sure he's going to look to do it a couple times. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of games he's been really bad at it and basically one game that he's been good at it. But no matter what, he's going to take the shots and he doesn't even necessarily have to complete them for them to be effective. I mean, like I said, you can get a pass interference call. You can and and you end up giving up all of those yards anyways. Plus, I mean, it hasn't even really been defensive pass interference that's hurt them the most. It's mostly just been guys getting beat over their heads. So whether it's Nazir Adderley getting there a step quicker, whether it's Casey Hayward breaking a second sooner to try to make up for that lack of speed, I mean, you just can't get beat over the top in this game. You know they're going to try it. So all that plus, I mean, tackling in the running game, not overshooting gaps because that's another thing that creates running lanes and creates big plays. Nazir Adderley as the last line of defense has to be solid in those cleanup tackles. The Chargers can only really beat themselves. But the last thing I'm going to say is just when the Chargers get their opportunities for takeaways, they have to take advantage of it. We saw three interceptions like you talked about last week, David, that the Chargers should have had, and they just didn't. So that can't happen. If you get against a bad team opportunities to really put your foot on their throat and change the game with a turnover, which you weren't able to do except for one lucky fumble last week, that is going to be, I mean, what turns this game from a close game that could go either way to a blowout. So I do think that is very important as well. But we do have to get into our predictions. Let's start with our bold predictions this week. So, John Kegley, you're always the boldest. Where are you going with your bold prediction this week? Well, you're not going to like it. Um, I'm not I'm not going no, no. pro Chargers this week. So, uh, there we go. The Chargers got to prove stuff to me this week. I'm not very positive this week. And I'm going to say the Jets have their best running performance of the week. And this is without Le'Veon Bell on their roster. The Jets go for 200 rushing yards as a team, which would be their best this year since their previous best was about 130. That's not what I wanted to hear. 
All right, well, before I let David go, because I don't know who he's going to pick, I didn't know John was going to pick that, so I'm kind of taking it back right now. But I think we haven't done very many, you know, bold predictions for the other team. I'll write the ship and I'll give it back to the golden boy with the new haircut. I'm going to say Justin Herbert goes a career high, five total touchdowns in this game, four passing, one rushing, and I do think the Chargers will be able to put up some points in this one. I think there's going to be some lapses on the Jets' defense that allows some, you know, maybe medium gains to turn into some potentially long touchdowns. Because when you blitz 30-something percent of the time, but you're only getting pressure on 16% of the dropbacks, that's not a very good thing, and the Chargers could exploit it. So, David, where are you going with your bold prediction? Well, I mean, if you guys have been listening to this show, then you know that sometimes I like to interweave my bold prediction into my keys for success, and I'm going to do that again with this one, and it is that Joey Bosa is going to come back with a vengeance. He only has four and a half sacks on the year, and I think he is going to make those stats look a whole lot better after this one. I think he's going to get three sacks, and one of them is going to be a strip sack. And that's cool, too, just because he was talking about when he was saying he was putting the responsibility on him for this season and the team not being able to create turnovers. He said, hey, there's been a couple of times where I've just been hanging on the quarterback and I could just reach up there, you know, and try to be stripping the ball. And I'm not. So I have to be able to do that. So I'm sure he'd be, feel a lot better about those comments if he was able to strip that ball. So I know, John, when we got into, I think last week it was what the Chargers are going to do in their next four games. You had said that you didn't think that the Chargers were going to beat the Jets. They were going to win one of the other games. Are you sticking with that this week? Do you think that the Chargers are going to give the Jets their first win of the season? Well, before I tell you that, let me just tell you that the all-time series is actually led by the Chargers, believe it or not. 22-14-1, the Chargers lead, and the Chargers have won the last three in this matchup so first you have that trend Chargers have won the last three against the Jets also go on here the Jets are 0-9 Chargers are favored by nine and a half these are the games the Chargers lose no I mean you play the Browns who had zero wins and you lost I mean these are the games the Chargers lose I don't have any confidence based on what's happened this year what's happened previous times you got to prove to me otherwise that this is a game you can win I am not picking the Chargers to win this game. I'm going to go Jets 28, Chargers 26 on missing a two-point conversion in the final minutes. Do they miss a field goal? Uh, I don't even think they get that far. I think you miss the two-point conversion, go for the onside kick, and don't get it. Jets. I just meant do they miss a field goal at some point in the game because I feel like if you lose a game like this, there's always a mixed field goal, missed field goal mixed in there, especially against the Jets, but we don't have to talk about that. But, all right, so, David, I know you're the positive one, so bring it back. I give you a 0% chance to pick the Jets to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I know I said last week uh, that I don't have confidence in the Chargers to win. Oh, yeah, you said you can't pick them until they do it. Oh, my God. But. You said uh, that you were going to pick the Chargers to lose. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. After watching the tape on, on on the Jets, I can't in good conscience pick them to win this game. So I do think the Chargers are going to get right in this one. I do feel like they're going to come out and, and they're going to perform a lot better than they have, which is, you know, obviously saying a lot. But I do see the Chargers winning this one 38-17. to 17. And I have to say, as I said last week on the Locked On Chargers podcast, I was going to hold you accountable if you didn't pick the Jets to lose. But I knew you wouldn't be able to resist it. I mean, it's just... I can't in good faith pick the Chargers to lose this game just because, I mean, I can't even put that into the 
ether. I mean, that would just be such a brutal thing to do. Obviously, we think back to the Browns game, and that was you know another dysfunctional team like this one is too when the Chargers haven't been able to finish games. But the one game that they did win in the Justin Herbert era was a team that was going to mess up more than they did, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the only reason I feel confident in the Chargers winning this game, and confident might be a little strong. I'm definitely nervous about this one just because you are going up against a winless team, and that those kind of teams are hard to beat because they almost always end up getting a couple of wins every season. But I am going to go with a double-digit win for the Chargers, their biggest win of the season. I already told you I think Justin Herbert's going to go off. So I have it also not a missed two-point conversion, but a missed extra point in the Chargers winning 34-21 to against the Jets. I do think they'll probably keep it close for a while, though, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars did. So I'm not thinking the Chargers are just going to run away with this one and never look back. But please, Lord. Don't let this happen. I mean, <laughs> we just talked with the Locked On Jets, and they said they didn't think they could win any more games this season. Let's hope that that continues because the Chargers should absolutely run through this Jets team, and their offense should just be able to put up more points than they can give up to the Jets' offense. Fingers crossed. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday to be talking about a Chargers win, hopefully. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page, Lockdown Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify and rating and reviewing. It's always the simplest and fastest way to get the show when you subscribe. But if you guys want to get in your questions after this weekend's game to get on next week's voicemail show, the number is 323 323- 524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But hopefully we get to be back here with you guys with a victory Monday next week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.